Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there. Also joining us live in studio, the gun guy, Guy Relford, 2A attorney, licensed firearms instructor. Guy, how are you? Man, I'm great, and thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg or premierarms.com. All right, this ATF director. What's his name? Dettelbach? Yep. Steve Duddlebach. How do you feel about this guy in the first place? Well, re- they were going to put somebody They had wackier. a previous guy yeah. who was a complete lunatic, uh, and he didn't even get past the Biden administration yep. Judiciary Committee. He was too much of a nut for Biden. He was too much of a nut for Biden. <laughs> um, so you felt a little bit better about this guy, but this guy just went out last week and uh, decides, uh, in response to a question on an interview, says that uh, number one thing on his wish list is a so-called assault weapons ban. The so ATF director has assault weapons ban on his wish list. Yeah. That's yeah, quite an just, interesting statement for. Yeah, just happened last week. That you know, again, like most of these people can't define what the hell an assault weapon is. They don't know what it is. They just know they don't like them, and they know they want to ban them. And every time Biden has a microphone in front of him anymore, he starts screaming about an assault weapon ban. Then he um, usually gives us that god awful deer and Kevlar vest joke. Yeah, <laughs> right. Followed by a creepy whisper. Uh, you know, it's it's all predictable. Um, but you know, I, so listen. You know what? At this point, the ATF's getting their butts kicked left and right in court, which. Um, I tried to talk about it on my show to the extent that I had a show last weekend, um, but um, <laughs> it, they're getting their butts kicked left and right on this stuff. They, you know, they they want to do something at ATF to try to restrict so-called assault weapons. Hey, let's tee that up. Let's go litigate it. We'll have it declared unconstitutional once and for all, and we can stop hearing about it every time one of these morons gets a microphone in front of them. Like, ultimately, Guy, it feels like this is window dressing. And what I mean by that is Joe Biden and his administration and his cronies, they know they get a lot of checks with a lot of zeros on it from the anti-gun crowd. Exactly. And they know damn well that... You can't do something that's going to go against the Constitution, but what they can do is put some surrogate up there, like the ATF director, and say, yep, it's on my wish list. We're going to get rid of assault weapons, and that keeps these lunatics happy, and they keep writing checks. I think that's a big part of it, and and we know that some of the, you know, the Bloomberg groups, for instance, that have thrown massive quantities of money at Democrat candidates, including Joe Biden, um, are complaining. Saying, you know, you promised you were going to do something on gun control. We just haven't seen it yet. Where is it? They know they can't get anything through Congress. So they want to do everything through legislative action and through the executive agencies. But that's where the courts have now stepped in. And and whether we're talking about so-called ghost guns, whether we're talking about pistol stabilizer braces, whether we're talking about... um, Bump stocks. 
Yeah, yeah, bump stocks. Um, we're seeing left and right. Um, they were the ATF has tried to step into the shoes of Congress, notwithstanding what the Constitution says about that, which is Article One, Section One of the Constitution. Right after we the people, what does it say? It says all legislative power shall be vested in the Congress. Period. And so where ATF says, oh well, we don't need Congress. We'll just pass a bunch of laws ourselves that can put people in jail because we want to pass our own kind of gun control, the courts are stepping in and saying, no, not so much. And they put these scary titles on there, right? Oh, Assault yeah. weapons, ghost guns. Right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this court, federal court, said that ghost gun limits are unlawful. Yeah, they just did, um, just last Thursday. And this is in a case called Vanderstock uh, versus Garland. It came out of the Fifth Circuit which is the, the federal circuit that oversees appeals from Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. What is a ghost gun? Before we get into what the court said, well, remind no, everybody what, what a ghost gun is. What we're talking is. about here are just gun parts. We're talking about, I mean, for historically, I could go out and buy the different components to build my own gun and build my own gun. And, and when I do that, the federal law says, and the ATF has said, that I don't need to serialize that, or I need I don't I don't need to register it, and as long as that's for personal use only, and that's the point. It's only for my own personal use that's lawful. Well, because there's no requirement to put a serial number on it. Now, oh my gosh, it's unidentifiable. It's a ghost gun, but the point is, ATF has never been given any authority by Congress to regulate gun parts, only guns. And to the extent they said, well, to cut down on these ghost guns, quote unquote, we're going to we're going to make just the parts considered firearms. And so they changed the definition of firearm um, that Congress wrote that they put into the law in 1968 in the Gun Control Act of 1968. And so the courts are saying, listen, if, 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 if the federal government wants to regulate these things, Congress has to pass a law or Congress needs to change the definition of firearm or Congress needs to regulate this. An executive agency which is not Congress, it's part of the executive branch, doesn't have the authority to pass new laws that can put people in prison. And that's the point, and that's what the courts are, are finally trying to draw, are finally definitely drawing a hard line on. You know, every time I hear assault weapons ban, I think one of the worst mass shootings in the history of this uh, country was uh, like a couple of handguns were used. Well, Virginia Tech, to this day, like, the worst it, it school a, shooting yeah. ever. Um, was Virginia Tech, um, and that was two handguns. And, and wouldn't it stand to reason at some point if they want to assault, they want to ban assault weapons? What's the next step after that? Well, see, that's because the, I mean, like that's you the point. just said, they're and not going to stop there. I promise you. Well, see, no, and 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 look, it's a declared strategy. I mean, you go to some of these groups' pages, and, and they're actually pretty clear about what they want to do. It's all about a war of attrition, and it's about gaining the next victory and then going on to the next issue. Because exactly to your point, Nige, if we, if we, if we, could, pass a mag- if we could press a magic button and make all so-called assault weapons, however you define that, disappear off the planet, and and what do the what do the politicians say? What do the gun control proponents say? We need to stop mass shootings. We can stop mass shootings if we just ban assault weapons. They they say that every day. You and I have all heard it on the on the TV and because radio a million laws times. Laws clearly work in the mind of somebody that's willing well, exactly. to murder. But multiple let's just people. say hypothetically, you could make them all disappear tomorrow. That is assault weapons. 
well, what's going to happen next? You're going to have some crazy guy. First of all, that, that's completely untenable and impossible and logistically unfeasible. But let's just say you can make it happen. Then you're going to have a crazy guy walk into a mall or a school somewhere with a couple of handguns or a shotgun or whatever it is and kill a bunch of people. And then I go, well, the next thing is we need to ban handguns. And now we need to ban. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to do we it. We need to ban crazy time. bastards. That's we what to, we need to ban. We need to ban crazy <laughs> bastards. And, and that's the point. But nobody wants to address that because that's hard. Because finding, diagnosing, identifying, and dealing with the crazy bastards is hard, Jason, and they all know that. So what's easy? Just banning, you know, what kind of firearm law-abiding citizens can own. That's what's easy, and so that's the direction they choose to take. And it feels like we spend so much time talking about what courts are doing with bump stocks and ghost guns. Are these things really that big of a problem out on the streets right now, guy? Well, well no. Um, the one thing that that, that, that but it I makes saw, these lefties feel good and comfortable that they're being addressed by the courts, though. No, that's right. I mean, so-called uh, bump stocks. I mean, they, 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 one was allegedly used in the Vegas shooting. That's what got all the attention out there. And that was a Trump. That was initiated. Exactly right. And Trump did that. Um, But beyond that, are bump stocks used in a bunch of crimes? I've never heard of it ever other than in Las Vegas. So Trump initiated the bump stock ban. Absolutely. And then they they put a stop to that recently, right? Well, yeah, that and the Supreme Court has just taken that case. That's right. And so we're going to see a ruling uh, on that. That's Cargill um, versus U.S. And actually had Mr. Cargill on my show. Uh, on my much abbreviated show on Saturday, I actually had Mr. Cargill uh, call in and we talked about that. So bump stocks, uh, because because again, what happened? And this is the point people lose sight of. It's not like you know we're all excited about bump stocks. I think bump stocks are stupid. If you show up to my range with a bump stock on your rifle, even <laughs> even when they were legal, I'm gonna make fun of you because <laughs> I think they're dumb, right? You're trading accuracy for rate of fire, which in my mind is never smart. But that's not the point. The point is an executive agency. At the whim of a president, in this case Trump, made something illegal that was illegal before, to the point where someone could go to prison for 10 years. That's not the role of an executive agency. That's not what Congress created in the, or that's what, not what our founders created in, in the form of this, this beautiful document, the Constitution, when they said all legislative power shall be vested in the Congress. That's the point. And so, and so I don't care about bump stocks, but I care a lot when a president can just snap his fingers, like, like Obama used to say, I've got a, I, don't, I can't get anything through Congress, but I got a phone and a pen. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what Trump did with bump stocks. And I care a lot about the process. And I care a lot about an executive agency or a president snapping their fingers and suddenly sending people to prison for something that was legal before. That's Congress's job. And if Congress doesn't do it, that's unconstitutional. It's illegal. And we ought to fight it tooth and nail, whether or not we care about something like bump stocks. Got about a minute left here, Guy. Take me through what happened last week at the Supreme Court. I remember a week ago, Monday, Gunday, you said that there was a big trial coming to the Supreme Court yeah. with two-way ramifications. Well, Do we have an argument. update? Yeah. No, you're exactly right. This is Rahimi, um, and this is the case that I, and I told you that from a two-way perspective, I didn't feel great about, and I feel less great about it uh, after the oral argument. And recognize we got we got a time limitation. Um, this was a guy who who was uh, found to to have violated the law that says if you're under a domestic violence order of protection, 
you can't possess a gun. And, and the Fifth Circuit said that's unconstitutional under the Bruin decision because that, that's not a longstanding prohibition that's been in place. That went up and I said, listen, this guy's not a good guy. He's a violent guy. He's got a long history of being violent. He's had multiple orders of protection on behalf of multiple women issued against him. I don't feel good about this case because of who Rahimi is. If you listen to the oral argument, the oral argument was, this is a bad guy. He's a violent guy. And don't we want to be able to keep violent, you know, violent people from possessing firearms. And so I think we're going to see a ruling that sort of limits down and narrows the scope of some of the two-way protections we've been seeing. If anybody wants to continue this conversation or just stalk you because you are such a good-looking, fine <laughs> yeah, American, right, yeah, right, yeah. where can they find you? Uh, Guy Relford on Twitter is the best way to follow me. And uh, go on there give me a follow, uh, at Guy Relford on Twitter. Guy, you're a rock star. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.